Now, do you want to talk about some uh, science for a little bit? <laughs> the word activate, it, makes, uh, it means to make active or to cause to function or act. And in physics, it's actually used to render more reactive, to excite things. And it means to set in motion, propel, compel, mobilize, and energize. And, and I'd like to talk a little bit about science. Even if we hated science class during uh, high school or junior high, what was the, I, I don't know, for if you were a high school boy like I was back in, when I was a sophomore, the biggest moment of the whole week was chemistry lab. And it was amazing. We could take, you could take little jars of solutions and you could add a few drops of something and it would activate what was already in, in the flask and it would start this reaction. And then you could take two or three more drops of something else and you could put it in the same uh, flask and all of a sudden it would stop the activation or you could say that it deactivated it. And sometimes you could put in two or three drops of some stuff and something crazy might happen. And in my sophomore year, in Mr. Prakash's class, there may or may not have been a fire. <laughs> we got a little too uh, creative, but it's, 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 it's the solution. It's these, these elements that are put into it that can activate Things and, and here at New Song, we just have an amazing collection of talents and spiritual gifts. We have so many leaders and pioneers and authors and prayers and pastors and teachers and entrepreneurs and creatives like crazy at a crazy level are here. And we really have to look and say, God, what, what are you doing? I mean, he must be going, he must be up to something big here. And I believe that the next thing he's taking us into is, is this activation. I believe God has positioned us uniquely among Lake Norman to have a tremendous impact. And in the first century, if we read about Paul and Silas in the book of Acts, I think that comes from activation, the book of Acts. It was this activating that Paul and Silas would go from town to town and village to village, and they would preach the gospel. They would, uh, people would be saved. Then they would equip the people, but before they left them, they, just, they trained them and they equipped them, but then they actually activated them, and these people would go, and they would just set the whole uh, region, the whole community on its ear, upside down. One of the towns that they went to was Thessalonica. And when they got there, the, the Jewish leaders said this about them in, in Acts 17, 6. It says, those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. And that's what we want people to say about New Song. They've, they've turned the world up in, in, in Love Life Charlotte and Caterpillar and certain other ministries, but we want to tell you now that, that they've come here too. Whatever uh, area of life, the, the, the marketplace, the schools, our neighborhoods, our, our, every which way that we want to say that they've, the people that turned the world upside down there have now turned the world upside down. They have come here. And I want to say this this morning, as important as training and equipping is, that training and equipping only is not enough. And now is the time, this is the season for us to be taking from active disciples to activated disciples. 
Now is the time, now is the season that we move from active disciples to activated disciples. In fact, on, we're redoing our, our job descriptions for everybody on staff, including my own, and that we are including a responsibility and a mandate to not only train and equip and love people, but to activate them as well. Top to bottom, this thing. And I want to suggest to you that there are some moments where God wants to activate us. He wants to do something. He wants to bring an empowerment or he shows us a need. And we just, and we haven't picked, we've been asleep. We haven't picked it up. We haven't embraced it. And the, the Bible, I want to tell you, I, I started looking like, can I, what type of demonstrations can I bring? Whose lives can I talk about uh, of people that were activated? And you know when I found out the Bible is just nothing but a manual of activation. Over and over and over again, there's, there's stories of people that had gifts, they had callings, they had passions, they had talents. They had anointings, they had a love for God, but at some point in time, they went from being inactive to active, and they went from active to activated. And this morning, this is all about helping us this morning. We want to move beyond being active believers to activated believers. And the one, I mean, if we look at it, you can look at at Moses, Right, God had to kind of talk him into it and said, God, you got the wrong guy, but God activated Moses. He activated Joseph. Joseph was down in a stinking hole pit, and even down there, God activated him. Gideon, the same way. I don't know if God had to, to talk somebody. That's the longest activation process. Uh, but, so if you've had trouble getting activated, don't worry. If he can activate Gideon, he can activate, he can vac- activate all of us. The same with Esther. As a time is this. She was activated. King David, when he, he saw Goliath, when he saw Goliath, it activated him. Paul and Peter and Timothy, they all had moments of great activation. And these stories are so numerous, and I want to kind of wreck the way you even read your Bible starting this year, especially if you're on one of the programs, you can look and just say, uh, look for all the activation and where it happens, uh, where it happens in Scripture. But I want to talk about Nehemiah this morning, and if you've got your Bibles, you can open up, we'll start in Nehemiah chapter 1. But in the year was 445 B.C., and God's city and people, Jerusalem, is sitting lifeless and broken down. And it had been that way for 141 years. There had been many attempts to come in and, and rebuild the city, but each and every time that they had failed. So 141 days, uh, 141 years, I had to calculate that out. That comes to 51,465 days that people have tried, or that place has just remained broken down, and uh, Jerusalem and God's people are a mere shadow of the greatness and the glory that they once carried. 51,465 days, Nehemiah comes onto the scene, and we're going to look at his life and see how he got activated and then how he activated others, but what people couldn't do for 141 days, Nehemiah gets accomplished in 52 or 141 years, Nehemiah does it in 52 days. Everybody else tried for 50,000 days, and Nehemiah comes in in 52, and the difference is that they became activated. And we find the story, this account in, in Nehemiah, we'll start verses 1 
chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And it says, then they said to me, there was some news that came to Nehemiah. He's a cupbearer. He's been exiled and kind of enslaved in a sense, although he had a pretty good gig. He was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes of, of, of Persia. But his brother and some friends came and they said, they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And here we can see the first point of activation is, is as soon as Nehemiah hears this news, he gets into the presence of God. He begins to fast. He begins to pray. He gets in the presence. And just as we experience, as you experience uh, an activation or an empowerment or an energizing that came during our worship, yeah, during, when we practice the presence, there is a, a great uh, activation that comes, and what we're going to see is that he gets into God's presence, activation comes, and all of a sudden, courage is now uh, active in Nehemiah. In fact, courage is so activated now that even when he is completely and utterly terrified, he still acts. This is what activation will do for you and me if we're, if we're moving in fear and if we're terrified. I want to tell you, activation will bring us courage. Continuing in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 2 through 6, he says, I was very much afraid, in parentheses, but I was activated. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? And the king said to me, what is it that you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your, servants has, if your servant has found favor in his sight, let, me send, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. And then the king, with the queen sitting beside them, asked me, how long will your journey take, and when will you get back? And then this is the thing to underline. This is our next point here. It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. It wasn't like, uh, it, so it pleased the king, so I just prayed about it and planned about it and, and waited Longer, He is activated. He's been activated by God's presence, and now he's activated about something else. So you see, there is an opportunity that has come up. And I want to tell you, when God shows us needs, he means for us to be activated in it. There's opportunities. He had heard about Jerusalem. God presented the need to him, and he took the opportunity opportunity personally. Too many times God is showing us and revealing a need to us, but, but sometimes we can feel uh, unqualified or we can feel too busy or, or pressured, and we move past these things and think that somebody else must feel the way I feel, but I'm saying God doesn't show every need that there is to every person on the earth. Sometimes he has appointed somebody just like he did for Nehemiah. He put it to one person that existed in that Persian kingdom and said, you've got to do something uh, they didn't even say you got to do something about it. It just said this is what it is. But God showed him the need and the opportunity, and he embraced it. 
And this opportunity, the need, energized him into action. We can't assume that it is. We have to see what opportunities out there, what needs have, has God shown us that we might be activated to uh, activate, actually. The other thing we, we see is if we're adding this to this solution, this flask full of uh, material that, that drops that will kind of activate this thing, is you see that there was favor there was favor on the situation. There was favor on Nehemiah. We call it the flavor of favor. And you'll learn in your Christian walk as you mature to, to learn what that tastes like, to learn what that smells like. And when, when, when Nehemiah says God's favor is on this, he acts immediately and with everything that he possibly has. There is no other need to have more prayer meetings and, and to wait and to fast any longer. He's, he's done that in a season. That's an important part. But he doesn't keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it to the point waiting for all of the risks to be eliminated before he actually starts moving. And this is what activation has done. has brought a courage into his life. And it says this, it pleased the king so I set a time. So I got into action because I could see the favor of the Lord. And I want to tell you that where you see the favor of the Lord, you are seeing the very, very will of God. You find his favor, you find his will. And, and Nehemiah went into this discouraged, broken, uh, just o- over a long, hopeless, hopeless situation, and a group of people, and he was starting to talk to them, and, and maybe they were in or maybe they weren't, but I want to tell you, they probably had heard a lot of these plans before to try to get there. This wasn't the, the first attempt at rebuilding Jerusalem. So I don't know if they were a little bit skeptical, but I want to tell you this. When Nehemiah started giving his testimony, all of a sudden his testimony activated all of the people of God's people that were left there, the remnant. And it says in Nehemiah 2.18, it says, I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, we're activated let us start rebuilding. So they began this good week. This good week again. They didn't have to wait around and pray anymore, and, and and all of the things which which are good. But you guys understand my point. There comes a time where it's time to activate. This is good that we train and that we become equipped. But there's always a time. For activation, And it was Nehemiah's testimony of the favor of God that convinced these people. And they said, based on that testimony, his testimony, like they just took his word for it. Think about it. They couldn't Google the video or anything. They just took his word and they said, we are in. And this is the way that, uh, that, that, that activation works. What made sense for them once to just continue in drudgery and and, and mediocrity, all of a sudden, the only thing that makes sense to them now is going for it, to be active in it and to pursue it with everything that they have. Let us start rebuilding. It's just like a, a few drops that are added to the solution that causes uh, this reaction. And the other statement I want to make is if we see in Nehemiah's life is activated people activate others. Right? Activated people activate others. It's just like kindling on a fire. It's just kind of like these uh, things that come by, you know, on a, on a matchbox. You know how you take the match and you want to strike it on the box. You can't just hold it kind of out here, right? 
by the box and go like this and expect there to be enough energy, right, Ener- activation energy to be released. Man, you've got to put the, 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 the match on the box and you've got to uh, strike it. And people, God has a purpose for people in our lives and that's that they'll be uh, this catalyst for us. And when we're activated, we can actually activate others. Do you believe that? Some of you uh, may be thinking, well, uh, this is sounding pretty good. I experienced uh, God's presence, and this seems to make sense. I can, uh, I really want to make this year count, and maybe in some ways it didn't count for all that it could have last year. But you may be thinking, like, I'm not really qualified, or or, I I don't see, I don't don't know if I know uh, the purpose, and I don't know if if I have the right credentials and the right connections and all that. But I want to tell you this, is that, is that Nehemiah activated the people that were already there just as they were. Just as they were. We can think, and if I was Nehemiah, I probably would have put together a team of structural engineers, right? I probably would have brought a few soldiers with me because I'm rebuilding a, a rival kingdom to Xerxes. I'm building this rival kingdom, and certainly there was people around that were not happy at all that Jerusalem was being rebuilt. So I would have brought some soldiers. At the very least, I would have brought a dream team of bricklayers to build this wall, but he doesn't do any of it. Read the account. He used people just exactly as they were. And I'm not going to read the, the scripture verse, but he activated politicians. He activated priests. He activated merchants. He activated uh, jewelers. He activated perfume makers. He activated old men. He activated sons and he activated daughters. Every single one. Everyone was qualified once they were activated. So God will use other people in our lives to serve as, as, as activators. Activated people activate others. So we have to look for people that will serve as a catalyst in our lives. So let's continue. Let's look at some more of these ingredients as we're dropping uh, things into this uh, solution. Nehemiah 4, uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and he was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can Okay, this is important. Can they bring back the stones? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Can they bring back? Can they bring the stones back to life? From those heaps of rubble burned as they are. And sometimes we have, we all have uh, maybe a place in our life where we feel like it's, 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 it's burnt. It's, it's, it's just in rubble. But I want to tell you, God will uh, activate it. We're going to look at this story. But here they are. Um, 
Uh, can they bring the stones back to life? Well, I want to tell you that this was a challenge. And whenever we are on the verge of doing great things for God, I want to tell you the challenge comes. But oftentimes when we hear a challenge, all we can think about is hitting the eject button. All that we can think about is having a pity party because the challenge came. All we can think about is how we can get off to the left or get off to the right or solve this thing or just pray that it goes away somehow. But I want to tell you, why, why does God allow challenge in our lives? I don't want to tell you. He uses it if we have the right perspective. He uses challenges to ignite us. And to activate us, it wasn't King David. I mean, he was uh, walking around. He was with the sheep and the goats and everything else. And he walks into a field of, of thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of soldiers who are completely immobilized. And I don't know, David shows up and all of a sudden he sees Goliath and he's, he's activated by the challenge. And I want to encourage us, when these challenges come, not to run from them, not to try to, to squirm out of them, not to have a pity party, but just to say, all right, Lord, uh, where do you want to activate me in this situation? How can, how can I be the difference in this? If we look at the challenge correctly, we can see that it activates us for greatness. We'll look at the response in Nehemiah, and when they had... Uh, the challenge, they, they took it as an activation, and this is their response in verse 6. It says, so we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. Do you see how they responded to the challenge, and they were activated? So these are a lot of the things that we can pull out of Nehemiah, but I want to talk about a couple of more activating things. And there's so many that we won't have time to, to go through all of the activation uh, types of things. But I also want to say that the Holy Spirit is a great activator. If you look, when Jesus left to be with the Father, all he left was a, a prayer meeting, a, a group of people that were actually kind of afraid and, and, and kind of waiting. And, and they were extremely confused and they're waiting up in the upper room. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes and they are filled with uh, power. They are activated in a moment. And, it, and, it, and they, they are the ones that went out and they turned the world upside down as described in, in Acts. Paul and Silas. And, and when this activation happened in the day of Pentecost too, it was like they threw this big rock into a, pound, into a pond. And 2,000 years later, those ripples affected our lives. They reached our shores. They saved you. They saved me. And we have to know that they were activated, that, that there's, it, it can go on forever when you're activated for God. Grace activates us, maybe, maybe not like anything else can. Grace activates us, maybe like nothing else can. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, But whatever I am now, this is Paul writing, but whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me. He activated me, and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. 
that Paul's saying, I worked hard. And if we look at scriptures, we can see there was nothing that Paul wouldn't do for the gospel. There wasn't anything that Paul wouldn't do to, to go to a group of people and train and equip and to activate them for Jesus Christ. He's an impressive guy, but he says, that wasn't actually Paul doing all of the work. It was, it was grace doing the work in my life. And we have to figure that out and ask the question, if, if grace was doing the work in my life, how much different would my life look? How much different would our ministries look? I want to tell you that if we look in, 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 in 1 Corinthians again too, that, 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 that it's grace that takes us from being active to being activated. It's, it's grace that shows us how to build something eternal, precious stones and, and, and metals, rather than wood, hay, and stubble. It's grace that teaches us what to build and, and, and how to build it. Grace-powered ministry is, is not apt to crash and burn. And the things that you're involved with as you get activated, let grace do the work, and you'll see is far less apt Sorry, new iPad. And Dallas Willard said this. He says, you know, grace doesn't have to do with forgiveness of sins alone. Grace firstly is about forgiving of our sins, but grace isn't only about the forgiving of our sin. It's so that we could be activated, so that we could go in and set a region that we could set our towns and our communities, we could turn them upside down. The gospel. Now there's many other sorts of activations. There's laying on of hands. There's spiritual gifts. There's compassion. There's the promises of God. There's uh, prophecy. And we saw a prophecy come to, to come to fruition today on this stage. Graham uh, Martin, a few years ago, was it maybe three years ago, we had a prophetic word for him that he was going to become a pastor and immediately he started studying the Bible harder and going to Bible college and doing all that, right? No. In fact, it didn't look anything like it. He, in fact, he almost kind of went the other, other direction. Just being honest, bro. Yeah, your parents called me a couple times. And when they were calling me, I was saying, no, we have heard from the Lord. We have a promise from God that is on his life. And even though he didn't live it out, he was activated. That activation began that morning, and now we can see he can stand up here this morning. And weren't you blessed by everything that came out of this young man's mouth? There probably would have been. I know You've got some friends here, and maybe if they've known you for a long time, they probably, oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> right? But, but God did. But God did. So, and the whole thing I wanted to, the last thing too, is, is really uh, faith and, and how faith and activation goes uh, in hand. I want, and I want to close by saying this, that pretty much all of the activators in Nehemiah's account, they all led to faith. Did you notice that? When he talked about presence, it, it, it being in the presence, it led Nehemiah to faith. When it talked about opportunity, it led Nehemiah to faith. When it talked about favor, it led Nehemiah to faith. When he talked about testimony, it led all of God's people into faith. When the God's people experienced challenge, it led them to a place of faith. And they were all faith 
catalyzers. And we have to pay attention and know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it's necessary. If we're going to do what we've never done before, if we're going to go deeper than we've ever gone before, we're going to need faith. In fact, I want to tell you, there's a place where some of us are at where we once moved in faith and then we laid something down or we quit or we experienced what we experienced as failure and the Lord may activate you, tell you to pick it back up. It's going to take quite a bit of faith for you to engage and embrace that. Amen? So it's about faith. And here's the question. Here's the thing that we want to move from. We want to move from being active disciples, active believers to activated believers, activated disciples. And here's what I, I believe a, 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 a fundamental change to, our, to our, our prayer lives and our devotion lives, our, our time in our prayer closets, our time before God. And that is that we would stop asking God, what should I do? And start asking God, what should I believe? Stop asking, what should I do? And start asking, what should I believe? Do I believe that just as I am, if God activates me I, in that calling and in that activation is everything that I need to please him. Everything that I need to be powerful and effective. Keep in mind, too, that, that when Jesus, when he had the disciples, it was the same as Nehemiah. He didn't bring in a, the crack team of, of the, the super spiritual people that were on there, the people that had graduated from, from, from school, the ultra-intelligent of the day. He just, ordinary people. And sure, he, he trained them and he equipped them and he spent time with them. But at some point, at some point he activated them and says, now you go out. And he sent the 12 out. And they came back and they said, whoa, this is unreal. Like even when Jesus wasn't physically there, we could do the same things that he did. And then Jesus sent out the 72. The 72 went out, and they felt the same thing. Whoa, even though Jesus wasn't standing right next to me, we could do the same thing in Jesus' name. And Jesus makes this wild and crazy statement in John, I think it's 14, 12, that says, all who believe will do even greater things. And, and I know there's some, some theological difference on, differences on what the, the, the greater things are. And uh, just kick him around isn't going to do us any good. All we have to do is, is that God has called us to something great. God has called us to, to activate this morning, this year. God has called us to, be, to activate others in it. And we're going to worship this morning. And, and as we do, at the, at the end of this song, I'm going to ask those that, that wish to be activated I'm just going to have you raise your hands and we're going to have people uh, right around you just pray for the activation every person that was ever activated in the Bible had a very very good reason why they couldn't do it all of them God used a prostitute Rahab he used a serial liar, Abraham. But he activated him. He activated him. So let's go ahead and worship. And, and like I said in, 
in, in a few minutes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that call. I'm going to issue that challenge. And I hope the challenge this morning actually serves as an activation point for us this morning. So let's go ahead and worship.